Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontis, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. And we are just so excited to be here with you again today. We're, we love Marvin and Chris. We just love them. We love Lauren and, and Miguel. We're so thankful for our relationship uh, with, the, with the leaders of this church. You have amazing leaders. Sometimes we don't realize it because we don't go to other churches. We just go to our church. But we've been to a lot of churches this summer. And I'm going to tell you, you have amazing, incredible, and fabulous leaders and i'm just so blessed uh, to be part of what god's doing in this area because of knowing this one these wonderful pastors absolutely we love you chris we're praying for your husband and also just uh really quickly um we just want i, I last time i was here i realized we shared nothing of ourselves of who we are and of course you know my husband's his name his name is sterling my name is julie we have been married for next year it'll be 40 years it's been some of those years have been hard, <laughs> but they've been also very good. We have um, four children. One of them is in heaven, as some of you already know. You've either read my book or heard my story. And then the other three, they live kind of in the area. Our oldest daughter, she's a, a an associate pastor at a big church in uh, Fresno, California. And she, interestingly enough, was one of the ones that we prayed for the most and thought, God, I don't know what you're going to do with this child. And, and the Lord just turned her life around and did some amazing things. And even her husband, who I was a little resistant to pray for in the beginning, but God did amazing things in him as well. And we were more interested in calling down fire but on anyway. him. But anyway, <laughs> that's what happens sometimes. But anyway, and then our next child, his name is Philip, and he is actually a, a an incredible prophet and 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 an amazing speaker. Uh, this last week, and a crazy thing happened. He actually is part of a church that's in a little tiny garage, and they just meet with just not very many people. It's a very very small home. I would call it a home church. And um, anyways, but he puts all of his sermons online. And, and anyways, last week he got a call, or a couple weeks ago he got a call from somebody who said, hey, we want to stream your teaching on uh, Burn the Yoke was the name of the teaching. And he goes, we want to stream it in our church. Is that fine with you? And he said, oh, absolutely. It's free. Just do whatever you want to do with it. And little did he know it was streamed in Pakistan in front of thousands of people. And he's just preaching in this little tiny uh, garage office area. And here the Lord takes that little teaching and, and puts it. They basically have a little... Um, a little sheet, and on it is Philip speaking to all of these Pakistani people. It's amazing, and probably a church that's underground, one that's not known, known about, just uh, hundreds and thousands of people. It was amazing. So we love our, our son, Philip, and and then we have our one more daughter. Her name is Rebecca, and she lives just 15 minutes away from us, and she's an amazing worship leader. She actually is now, right now, at home with her babies. She has three 
very rambunctious boys who we babysit occasionally. That's where we get all of our exercises, our grandkids, anyway. And uh, just, we also have nine grandchildren. And uh, it's wonderful because all of our children know and love the Lord. And we are watching all of our grandchildren be raised in that environment. And they know and love the Lord. So it's so good. He, so, he answers prayers. When we begin to really pray for our family, I think I told you the last time I was here before we get started, that my mom and dad have fasted every Monday for most of their uh, Christian walk, which they've been walking with the Lord for 50-something years. And they are praying for the salvation of our family. And I think that is such a noble and amazing thing. And it's interesting, as I look out at my family, there are so many people who know and love the Lord, and I believe all of it is tied. I mean, some prayer for sure on Mama's part, but I think a lot of it is tied to the fact that they've been faithful to fast and pray and ask the Lord for the salvation of their family, that every member of their family would know and love the Lord. And that's an amazing thing. It's a great thing to, to do. So anyways, and again, this Amen. is my husband. He's a teacher. I like to tell little things about my life, but he's a, he's a teacher, and I'm excited that you would hear him today. Today, we're going to be talking about the cross and the spirit. Yes, yes, hallelujah. Julie uh, worked as a pastor actually near here in Lodi for 11 years, and, and uh, she was put in charge of healing prayer. Yes. So, hallelujah. <laughs> that's, I, I, that's a I very know. prophetic. Nobody ever knows what quite to do with me. But anyways, so, uh, no. but I was the pastor of healing prayer for 11 years and I loved it. Had so much fun. Prayed hallelujah. for people. Many people got healed and we had a wonderful prayer ministry there. So it was really great. But anyways, really we're so thankful time. to be back with you. Yeah. I love it that um, often when we're speaking in churches that are not our own church, we look out and we don't know very many people. But in this church, we can look out and we know so many of you yeah. uh, just personally from different ministries that we've done here in the Lodi area. So, so bless you. Thank you so much for having us. And it is neat to talk to people who who are your friends. You know, yes. It just makes yes. it a little different, a little more yes. fun. We, we did get to travel a little bit this summer and mm -hmm. preach around the country a little. And that was amazing. And it, it's great to see that there is a lot of hunger in the world today mm -hmm. for the deeper things of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I mean, we hear the news, we see some bad things out there in the world, but I, I want you to know that there is hope. Uh, there's plenty of hope. And the Lord has got something up his sleeve, and mm -hmm. he's beginning to move in great power. So, Amen. We can, we can rejoice in that. Yes, yes. And one of the things that Sterling and I do, for those of you who may not know, is we do Holy Spirit meetings um, just twice a month, one in Gaul and one in Lodi. And uh, thank you, Mary, wherever you are, for opening your home. Anyway, she, oh, she's with the kids. Bless her there. But anyway... Um, it's been a wonderful thing to see the Holy Spirit move, to see people get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And the cool thing that's been happening, which is such a blessing to us, is all of a sudden to see people really functioning in their gifts, which is what we want the most, is to see the body of Christ uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit, but also functioning in their gifts, meaning giving prophetic words, not just in church, but in the city, wherever you are uh, around town. And it's just a wonderful thing to see that begin to happen in the meetings. One of the things that the Lord uh, has called us to as leaders in the church is that we are called to raise an army of people 
who can hear God's voice and who follow the wind of his spirit. And, and I, have, I have really begun to see the Lord use us in that way over and over again, really around the country, and it's been uh, so much fun. So we're going to go ahead and get into this teaching called yeah. The Cross and the Spirit. There is, of course, a, a deep connection between the cross and the spirit. And as we move deeper in our Christian walk and we move deeper into the cross, we also move to a place where the spirit is able to break out of us a little bit easier. And so that's what I hope you'll be able to take away from the teaching today. Uh, in 1 Peter 2.24, it says, He who bore our sins uh, in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sin, might live to righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Jesus, um, of course, brought that forward. The cross is the heart of Christianity, as I'm sure you know. It represents God's ultimate act of love and sacrifice and redemption through Jesus Christ. The Spirit's also involved, though. The Spirit draws us to the cross. And uh, so that we can receive that gift of salvation. As believers, our journey to the cross does not end, however, at forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Sometimes out there in the world, we kind of just drop there. It continues on. It extends to the transformation of our lives. And this is the part where the Holy Spirit continues to help that work on through. Lots of aspects to that transformation. Part of it is freedom from sin's power. So in Romans uh, 6, 6, and 7, it says, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, with Christ, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, for he, has, uh, for he who has died is free from sin. We're not just forgiven, if you can say just and forgiven in the same sense but which is almost impossible <laughs> to which, use those two words. which doesn't seem right but we're not just forgiven we're freed we're free from sin and we're free from a lot of other things and so we're going to get into that that's part of it um as uh, as we mature in faith we discover the deeper working of the cross beginning to know jesus more intimately and the Holy Spirit continues this growth in intimacy and this growth in our nature and who we're meant to be. However, we have the old man. That's what the Bible sometimes refers to as the flesh. And he resists the work of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I almost imagine it like there's this crust, this flesh crust, kind of a old dried up piece of leather almost and the spirit's having a little trouble breaking through that and coming out into the world and impacting the people around us like like we would like that to happen yet as the cross work continues in us it breaks that so that it breaks the old man it crucifies the old man as it does so we operate more powerfully as christians and the Spirit is able to flow through us to a greater and greater degree. Amen, amen. Yeah. I think we actually heard that when the gentleman in the back 
shared a little bit because he was talking about that there's no more guilt. That's part of that life that we're talking about. Is that that, and you could feel it almost when he was speaking. I was almost wanting to say, get up, say some more. It was really good. But it's powerful yes. because that's what it's about. It's about freedom on the other side of the cross. And we cannot get that if we continue to live under the rule of the flesh. It just doesn't work. Amen. That's true. So as we move in developing maturity with the cross, mm -hmm. it also opens us to greater maturity in the spirit. Amen. And then as we mature in the spirit, it leads us through and to the cross even more. So it's kind of a cyclic thing that continues to happen, but all of it drives our Christian walk forward. It benefits us. It benefits our life. Sometimes as, as Christianity is taught, it's almost like there's two sides to the cross. Uh, there's the death side, there's the resurrection side. That's how it's sometimes referred to. But I'm, I'm going to look at it just a little bit different. But there's one side that we're familiar with, uh, very familiar with as Christians, and that's the side where Jesus bleeds, he dies, uh, he wins a sacrifice for, uh, wins our, our freedom through his sacrifice. Mm -hmm. um, the Bible says, he who knew no sin became sin, 2 mm -hmm. uh, Corinthians um, 5.21. He takes on our sin and frees us from it. We're forgiven. The Spirit has been reconnected. The Holy Spirit has been reconnected to our spirit. It makes us alive. We're going to heaven mm -hmm. with Jesus. The with Jesus is the important part. So we've got a great destination. That's to say the least. That's all very wonderful. Mm -hmm. And um, by the way, I, I, I'm, I think most of you are Christians here. But if by chance there's somebody who doesn't know Christ, we want you to, to have that opportunity to know him. And so Julie and I will be up here. I'm sure there'll yeah. be some leaders up here after the service. If mm -hmm. you have any questions at all, we would love to talk to you more about that. Amen. Amen. So um, some, some people would say, well, isn't that enough? We're, we're going to heaven. We're mm -hmm. forgiven. I mean, you know, are you greedy or what? <laughs> and, and it does seem like that. But that's the nature of God. He gives yeah. us so much, but then he wants to give us even more. Yeah. It's not enough Absolutely. to him. He wants to give us even more. And so as he moves on further, it's our responsibility to keep up with him mm -hmm. or to try to at least. There's a whole other side to the cross, a side that we're taught, uh, we're really uh, supposed to touch and to grow from. And this is the, uh, the side that even in the garden, we didn't want to touch this. We didn't want to go into this. The cross is the tree of life to us. And we, mm -hmm. we need to be willing to move into that further. So let's look at that little kind of maybe a little bit hidden or neglected side of the cross today uh, a little bit more. And so we're the first part of the cross. We become his children. Mm -hmm. And that's a wonderful thing. On the second side of the cross, we're called to grow up. We're called to become his sons. The children have a right and a responsibility mm -hmm. to grow. So the first part gets us into the family as children. And then the second part of the cross grows us up 
as those children into mature sons and daughters of the king. That's what he's about. So for God, life is about growth. The two are synonymous. Life is about growth. Right now, even as you sit here, you are growing new cells in your body. Mm-hmm. You are growing new cells all the time. So in a, in a year, you throw away about 45 pounds of old cells that aren't working so well anymore, and you grow 45 pounds of new cells. I feel like maybe I grew 65 pounds. I was going to say, I don't know. I think mine's going the other way. (laughs) But the point is, if you're not growing, you're dying. Amen. If you don't grow new cells, you're done. That's it. And it's the same in the spirit. God needs to grow new things in us. So the second part of the cross is a really important part. This is the part where the cross helps you grow uh, cells that, that conquer the, the sin, the flesh, and the carnality of death that is so uh, real to so much of us. But these cells, are uh, we, we need the new cells made in the very image of Christ. Yes. Those new cells are really powerful. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we want to be about is that newness there. The cross is also our meeting place with Christ. Mm-hmm. First, we met him there as our Savior. But now we continue to meet him there in deeper and deeper intimacy. He becomes many things to us. He becomes love to us. He becomes our teacher. He becomes our big brother. He's the one that draws us on forward and draws us actually through the cross, through the, uh, the valley of the shadow of death and brings us out into resurrection life on the other side. Amen. It's so powerful. Um, so dis- but despite the cross being a meeting place with Jesus, it does seem negative to a lot of people. And sometimes it does seem negative to us. Um, You know, Jesus said uh, to all of them, take up your cross every day and follow me. That's in Luke 9, 23. Die daily, 1 Corinthians 15, 31. Deny yourself. Uh, You know, it just goes on. Uh, He must increase, I must decrease, Mm -hmm. John 3, 30. This does not sound all that positive to most people. It really does not sound that way. We can see why the first part of the cross is preached rather than the we must die part, okay? You can kind of see why that sounds better. It's easier to tell somebody, hey, I'll take your guilt, shame, sin. We can take that to the cross. We can drop that and you can go to heaven. That's a very positive message but then the pick up your cross daily, die daily, sounds more negative, but it's not, it's not. It's, uh, yet the second part is the deeply transformational part. Mm-hmm. This is where the hope really comes in. Yeah, amen. Have you ever asked yourself, will I ever change? Will I ever grow up? You know, sometimes I'm shaving this guy's face in the mirror and I, I look and I go, oh my gosh, he's still struggling with that? you got to be kidding. <laughs> you can't still be struggling th- with that. Sometimes I wonder, can I do the great things that I feel that I'm really called to do? Can I do those things? Mm-hmm. 
The answer is yes. Absolutely. But that growth happens on the second part of the cross. That growth happens as we begin to mature. That's where the cross really begins to work. But it's a little harder to see. So in 1 Corinthians 1.18, it says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those who are being saved, it is the very power of God. Did you have something you wanted to? Yeah, I just was going to share that uh, not too long ago I was in prayer. And um, it's kind of interesting because I think the Lord's always drawing me to remember that there's more to Christianity than just to receive the forgiveness that God has given us and to go to heaven. So one day I was in prayer and the Lord was showing me this beautiful water fountain. And, um, <clears throat> and it's interesting, I was standing by the water fountain in my mind's eye, and he was saying, you can stand in the spray of this waterfall your entire life, and you will still go to heaven. And he was talking to me about this waterfall being the Father's love. He said, you can stand in the spray of it, believe that he loves you, and you will go to heaven. But if you don't step into the waterfall, right into the middle of his love, then you will never know the possibilities that I actually put you on the earth for. And that's really the other side of the cross. Many years ago, I was in prayer. I probably hadn't walked with the Lord very long, maybe four or five years, I think. And um, I had heard somebody speak, and uh, they were all talking about abundant life and, and about how wonderful their lives were, and everything was so amazing. And I was just sitting there feeling like, man, I am missing it. I am like so missing it because there's no abundant life going on here. I, I don't see any abundant life. We work hard. We have debt. We, you know, we have kids that are going crazy anyway. And so, um, and I was just feeling like, you know, what in the world's going on here? And so that night, which I often will do, stayed up, stayed up really late and was just sitting with the Lord and saying, okay, well, where is it? I mean, I'm missing it somehow. I've walked with you for five years. I've tried to do my best. I've tried to forgive people that have hurt me. I've tried to read the word on a daily basis, but I'm not seeing any abundant life here. And if, it, if I, it's hiding somewhere, I want to know where it is. And um, he said something to me I'll never forget. He said, Julie, the problem is you have, there is a death side of the, the cross and there is a life side of the cross. And you have never gone beyond the death side of the cross. And, I, and I, when he said that to me, I was like, what in the world are you talking about? And what that meant was that I was on the side of the cross that believed that he had died for me and that I was forgiven and that I was going to go to heaven. If you ask me, if you die today, where are you going? I have the right answer. But what he said is he said, the problem is you've never really gone to the resurrection side of the life, of the cross. And what that was was about me really beginning to, to die to the things of the old man. And what he said to me that day is he said to me that um, part of that dying was is that I had to begin to believe what he said about me. And I had to die to the way that my mind thought about me. And I was never going to be able to do the things. I would never be standing here sharing my life had I not received that message. And I was, I was looking at John 10.10 10 where he says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I come to give life and that abundant. I wanted that life, don't you? Don't yeah. we all want Amen. that life? I want the fullness of what he has for me. And what he told me that night was basically this, was number one, I needed to forgive those who had hurt me. 
and those who had deeply hurt me. And as most of you know, my son was in a car accident. There was a girl who made a mistake. She was 16 years old. And the Lord said, you got to forgive her. You got to forgive your grandfather for abusing you. You got to let go of some of this stuff. And then secondly, he said, you believe lots of lies about you that are not true. And you have to begin. Resurrection is about believing what this word says about you and saying, I don't care what anybody else says. The Lord says, this is who I am and I believe it and I'm going to walk in it. And what happened as a result of that night, it's funny, we had a really old computer and I wrote down all the lies that the Lord was showing me that I believe, which there was a lot of them, sorry to say, but, and he was just saying that every day, every, throughout my life, I would have an opportunity to choose the truth. And so I wrote all that down. I wrote down the truth that he was showing me. And it was an interesting thing. Do you know that computer crashed that day and I never saw those lies again? I never saw, <laughs> I, 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 the, the computer never worked again. So I don't know what the Lord was trying to say there, but anyway. Anyway, so just and, write them on a piece of paper and then burn it. Yeah, okay. burn it. But anyway, <laughs> but it's an interesting thing throughout my life from that day. My journey has been basically him bringing up a lie that I believe about myself and him showing me the truth and me exchanging with him that lie for his truth and then walking in that truth until there's resurrection that appears in my life in that particular area. And I have seen it happen over and over and over again, not just in my life, but in the lives of those I'm close to. Yes, hallelujah. Mm -hmm. that, yeah, that's powerful. yeah, yeah. That's powerful. So we can see the power of the cross when we press on through, when we really look for it, we can see that there is power in the cross and that the grace of God comes through the spirit of God and presses that wisdom into us if we allow it. We can come on into that. Let's take full advantage of what the Holy Spirit does in his day-to-day -day guidance of growing the real you, growing this person that's on the other side of the cross. Every day, the Holy Spirit is talking to you. He is saying something to you. Mm -hmm. And if you take him serious, he will show you yeah. the, the, the cells Absolutely. that he wants to die. He'll show you what he is trying to birth forth and you can cooperate with that process julie realized i have to forgive this person and when she did that she allowed the cells of of judgment and and hatred and unforgiveness to die and to be dumped and to allow new cells and new mm -hmm. life to grow up do you think you'd be doing the things you're doing today without that? Absolutely not. Yeah. What I was going to say as well is that when we're reading the word, this needs to be our mirror. We need to be looking into the word and saying, does this reflect in my life? Mm -hmm. I had forgiven that girl many years before and felt like I had really finished the work of forgiveness for her. But you know, sometimes forgiveness happens on a daily basis, a weekly basis, a monthly basis, as every single time something pops up about her, I have to say, I chose to forgive. I chose to forgive and I'm continuing to choose to forgive. And so abundant life is like that. It's an exchange of heaven. It's saying this worldly 
this flesh that's on me, I'm exchanging that for this abundant life that God has for me. And what happens in the, in the interim of that is all of a sudden we begin to be a completely different person. I used to have three driver's license that had the same picture, that had a picture of me. I don't know how I ended up with three of them, but they crossed many, many years as driver's license usually do. And one day I pulled out those driver's licenses. And of course I looked different. I was a lot older. But the fact of the matter is you could see the work of Christ in my life as you looked at the pictures of who I was in those driver's licenses. It's amazing. Yeah. You could see the weight had dropped off. Yeah. And that's what we're doing. We're exchanging that weight with him. We're not supposed, we were not actually created. I think sometimes when, when we have different issues going on in our body, it's because we are actually carrying weight that we were not created to carry. We were absolutely not created to carry some of the weight that we carry. We have to exchange that for him. And then what we're actually supposed to be carrying according to the word of God is his light. And we're supposed to be carrying that into the world. Yes, my burden is, uh, your burden is heavy, my burden is light. And yes, we have to exchange light. those burdens. Yeah. One of my favorite verses is Galatians 2.20. Mm. And it says, I have been crucified with Christ. Yeah. I have been crucified with Christ. Mm-hmm. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Yes. And the life which I now live, I live I live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's a wonderful This speaks scripture. of that exchanging of lives, the, that exchanging of selves. Julie kind of mentioned there, you know, we have to go through an exchange in Christianity. We have to give up who we think we are to take who we really are. We have to give up what we've been holding on to really tightly to have an open hand to take something new. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you have no ability to take it. So this speaks of our exchanged and intertwined lives. Mm-hmm. Here we are called to give up the lives that we have known, just as he had to give up his life. And then we can join with him in mm-hmm. his resurrection power. Mm-hmm. It, the Bible says, since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised with him to life. That's in uh, Romans uh, 6, 5. So to, to really enter into the life side of the cri- cross, to really enter into the life side of cro- Christ, is we need to be a people who also are willing to die as he died, to enter into that part mm-hmm. of it as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. So our identities and our lives, both, both our identities and our lives are wrapped up with Christ. We're wrapped up in him, which is a really good thing. And if you're going to be wrapped up, that's where to be wrapped up. That's where you want to be wrapped up. (laughs) Absolutely. There's a quote I like from a a Christian philosopher. and, And he says, and now, by the grace of God, I become myself. Yeah. It is by grace that we can come into being ourselves. You know, it's an interesting thing. I think sometimes we think that these things happen when we're new Christian and then we've arrived and then we just kind of go on and we're the the same day in and day out and, you know, pretty much that's it. But the fact of the matter is I don't care if you're 80 years old, 90 years old. I'm almost 70 years old. It doesn't matter how old you are. God is still doing this transformation process within us. And it is happening based 
on the relationship that we have with him. If we do not have an ongoing relationship with Jesus, it's like she was talking about being in Romans throughout the week. She met Jesus in the pages of Romans, and Romans transformed her heart. And actually, that is what we're talking about when we're talking about that transformation. But it's all built on relationship. It has to be built on relationship. Jesus went to the cross so that we could have a relationship with the Father. When the veil was cut in two, what that represented was that we were initially, before that, unable to go into the Father. But now, because the veil is open, we're able to go right in. The problem is, is that so often believers who have a right to go in and sit with the Father, sit right up on his lap, spend all of their lives over here and never enter into the very place that Jesus died so that we could enter in. And so in our times of worship, in our times of prayer, we need to be asking the Lord, how do I press in even deeper? I love the story that the the young lady shared a little bit ago. I don't see her now, but anyway, she might be with the children too. Anyway, so, but the fact of the matter is what's so cool is she pressed in. The woman with the issue of blood, she pressed in. And there is a pressing in that goes from the holy place into the most holy place where we actually can enter into relationship with the Father, where we are transformed. And the Bible says are made like him so that we walk as people of the image of God. When we look in the mirror, who we see is him. And that happens. That's called transformation. And it's not enough just to say, well, I'm forgiven. I'm going to heaven. And it, well, the fact of the matter is, yes, you can go to heaven. But what I feel like we're trying to say here is that what God is offering is so much more, is so much more. And I don't know about you, but even at this point in my life, I am reaching for the more. I want the more. I want that abundant life that he's offering me. And he's offering every one of us that abundant life. He is saying, if you will die to these things, and they might be something very specific. If you die to this one thing, what I'm going to extend to you is life and that abundant. And yeah. I want that. I want that more in my life today than I think ever before. And I think, I think most of us would say that as well. Yes, we refer to these as graces, you know, yeah. the, the grace yeah. to grow, the grace to be released and to be free. You know, and there's grace on both sides of the cross. I, I don't, I want to emphasize that. So um, we have the grace on one side of the cross to be forgiven, to be entering into the family of God. Yes. Uh, to be counted as a child of God. And what an amazing grace that truly is. And uh, in addition to that, on the other side, we have the grace to grow. One side, the grace to become children the other side to do what children naturally do children naturally grow you don't have to say little Johnny you're supposed to be an inch taller you know you don't have to tell a child to grow they grow that's natural in the spiritual walk we actually do have to participate with the growth we have to help it a little bit we have to be in our word we have to be in prayer i believe we need to be active with the holy spirit that that Amen. really provokes that growth uh, he wants us to grow into mature sons and daughters that can be trusted with the power of the spirit to build the kingdom of god on earth as it is in heaven we are to build that kingdom. 
We are to be in his spirit. We are to mature enough to do that and mature enough to help the next generation begin to mature as well. Yes, amen. So we, we're thankful for all of that. Um, but these works are not our own. So in Titus it says, uh, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he has saved us and washed us, uh, I'm sorry, through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out abundantly through Christ Jesus, our Savior. Amen, so it amen, speaks of that amen. blessing. To, to fully enter into that blessing, we need to really be willing to declare war on the old man, Absolutely. on who we've always considered ourselves to be. Uh, we need to release the old uh, image, the old identity, uh, because as long as we are holding that identity, as long as we say, I know who I am, I know what I can do, I know what I can't do, we're holding Godship, in a sense, over our life. We're still maintaining control. It's hard to release that and say, you know more about me than I know about me. You know, we think because we're us, we have the full right over us and that nobody could know us like we do. But in fact, your maker, he dreamed over you. He designed you before the earth was formed. He dances over us, it says in Zephaniah 3.17. He knit us together in our mother's womb, it says in Psalms 139. Only our maker knows us. Uh, even uh, we ourselves don't know ourselves at, with that kind of knowledge. We don't know the destiny he has planned for us. We keep developing our own destiny, and it's a pain. It doesn't really work. Uh, he has a better destiny. His definition of us is the only thing that will satisfy the depths of our being. The only... The only way to move into your true definition of, your, of who you are and into your true destiny is through his cross. I wish there was a simpler way, but that's it. You know, Julie mentioned going through the death side of the cross. She mentioned the difficulty that that, that was. There is a pain to the cross. There's no denying that. But the benefit, the yield of it is incredible. And that's why Jesus went through that cross, was for the joy set before him. That's why we go through it as well. So Jesus went through the cross to the victory on the other side. That makes him an excellent guide. He's yes. Al he's already <laughs> been there. He's yes, already done absolutely. it. He will lead you through, and absolutely. he will get you through that dark night to the light, to the dawn on the other side. You, you know that he is capable and competent to get you to the other side. As it says in Hebrews 12 too, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher, yes. in a sense, the alpha and the omega of our growth in that sense, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising his shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He authored your life and he'll help you complete it. Okay, he didn't write those instructions for them to just fall into the dirt. He wrote who you were to be, and he fully intends you to be able to do that. He sent his own spirit 
to be with you, to help you and do that, uh, to do that. Yeah. And you know, that's part of our responsibility is to figure out what that is. And that's part of this, of this going from the holy place into the holy of holies is where he begins to really tell you who you really are. As a, as a young person, I believed I was a failure. I believed I was a failure un, until I was in my forties. I think even maybe beyond that, I can't remember how old I was when I finally said, you know, Lord, am I a failure? I mean, is that what you created me to be? Is it fail? I just believed I could, I would fail at everything I did. If I did something, if I would fail. And if there was a failure in something that, that I was part of, it was probably me who did it. And I just believed that. And finally, one day I said, I went and I was talking to the Lord about that. And he said, actually, Julie, who I created you, what I created you for is victory. Now, I had adopted a whole view of life was that I was a failure. And the fact of the matter is, failures don't take risks. If you believe you're a failure, you're not taking any risks, I'll tell you that. But because he said, you are made for victory, I created you to be victorious. So what I had to do was every day when my mind said, Julie, you're a failure, I had to say, no, that's not true. That's a lie from the pit of hell. God says I'm made for victory. And so I'm expecting as I walk through this day to see victory in every area of my life. And do you know, as I adopted that simple little thing and began to adopt scriptures that said that about me, I guess what? I became victorious in all different areas of my life. And it's just adopting the truth as for, as for what it really is, the truth. He says the truth about us. Amen. Yeah. And he begins to unfold that within us and do this divine work. But we have to give him the space. That means we have to let the old man die. Yes. So there's space for that new man to be there. Uh, he, it says here, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead will enliven your mortal body. He will renew you. That's what he's about. He's about bringing up the new man, the true man, the true you, so you can finally live what really fits, what really is part of you. That's what he wants to bring up. Um, he is adding healthy cells, so to speak, to your true being. Amen. He wants to touch you, body, soul, and spirit. Um, he desires to give you even more of his spirit. He wants to give you even more gifts. He wants you to be fluent in those gifts. He wants to give you better comprehension of his word. He wants to give you opportunities to speak into your family. Amen. Nothing, nothing excites the father more than seeing his children grow to be everything they were meant to be. Amen. Nothing excites the father more Amen. than you becoming you, the true you, who he designed before the foundation of the earth. That's what excites him. Does that sound good? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Amen. 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 I would like us to turn this into a prayer because that puts it into eternity. That puts it as something that is, is, is real. So if you would, I'd like you to pray with me. Um, even if you can, I'd like you to stand if you can, and then we'll pray together. I don't know whether the prayer will show up on the screen or not, but uh, I'll, I'll lead you. We'll go through it together, okay? Thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. Father, I thank you for all you have done. I thank you for all you have done. I thank you for sending your son to die in my place. Thank you for sending your son to die in my place. 
I also thank you that you not only have planned for my salvation. I thank you also that you have only not only planned for my, for salvation, my salvation, but for my growth as a child as well. But for my growth as a child as well. Help me continue to mature in you. Help me to continue to mature in you. Holy Spirit of Christ. Holy Spirit of Christ. I now authorize you. I now authorize you. To show me the places where the old man. Places where the old man. Needs to die. Needs to die. I authorize you to take that rotting stuff. I authorize you to take that rotting stuff. To the cross. Amen. (laughs) Bring me to rest in your plans. Bring me to rest in your plans. I know that you will cause new cells to grow in me. I know that you will cause new cells to grow in me. Cells that are like Jesus's cells. Cells that are like Jesus's cells. That open great things before me. That open great things before me. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Please grow uh, your presence within me. Please grow your presence within me. Please cause uh, the gifts to flow through me. Please cause the gifts to grow through me. Uh, for the building of your kingdom. Yes, Lord, for the building of your kingdom. Thank you again for having a wonderful plan for my life. Thank you again for having a wonderful plan for my life. Even when all seems dark. Even when all seems dark. Lord, you are my light. You are my light. For your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So now I just ask that the Holy Spirit's anointing would be upon you as you go forward, uh, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with the might through his spirit in the inner man. May he bless you and keep you and that he would shield be a shield about you. So God bless you. Have a blessed day. Thank you. Well, we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to Jesus. Here's a great question to ask yourself right now. How will I be different because of what I just heard today? Well, for more info about us, go to rrf.church or find us on Facebook. I'm Pastor Marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us.